This episode of the Autism Dead podcast is brought to you by Bennett Life. Hey, it's Rob Gorski, and I'm here with my 14-year-old Emmett. And we want to talk to you about this new probiotic, Neurally, that he and I have been taking, I don't know, about two months now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Neurally is a unique probiotic. It's the first of its kind where it actually regulates the happy hormones it, in the gut. That- Dad, let's not bore them with the science stuff. Let's just talk about how it's been affecting me since we've been taking it for the past two months. I have a lot of food sensitivities and I can't usually have like milk or ice cream without getting sick. And so with Neurally, it's been helping with uh, my sensitivities and I've been able to eat ice cream and have milk in my cereal again. It's been helping a lot and I think I'll pass it back to my dad for the rest. Yeah, so I I agree. I mean, I, I've noticed that you you are not having as many issues with lactose related stuff, and I've also noticed that you seem to be just a little more chill, like a little more relaxed, maybe less anxious. Yeah. Okay. So I'm noticing the changes in, and they've been very positive. If you guys want to find out more about Neurally, you can visit BennettLife.com. That's B-E-N-E-D-L-I-F-E.com, or they can find a link in the description below. Perfect. Ooh, good catch, Emmett. Uh, Emmett's over there waving at me to remind me. <laughs> I forgot. If you use a discount code, the Autism Dad, at checkout, you'll save 20% on your first order. My name is Rob Gorski. Welcome to the Autism Dad podcast, where we talk about all things related to autism and parenting and ADHD and being a dad, right? Like just, you know, kind of focusing on dad stuff a lot of times because it matters, you know? And we also talk about self-care and mental health and education and... Uh, some topics that might be difficult to talk about, but they're important to talk about. And you might not always agree with the opinions of my guests, but it's important that we hear each other out. It's important that we experience life from another's perspective in order to kind of grow as ourselves, right? So we do all that on this show, and I really appreciate you taking the time to tune in. So thank you for that. Okay, just real quick, before we jump into this episode, I just want to sort of preface it with this. This was recorded back in April of 2022 when I was at the Converge uh, Converge Autism Summit down in Greenville, South Carolina, put on by Springbrook Autism Behavioral Health. Uh, this is where I interviewed Temple Grandin and a few other people. My very first sort of in-person live interview experience. It was very, very cool. When I came back from the conference, uh, some of the audio had become corrupted, and this interview happened to be one of them. I, I couldn't salvage anything, so I'd kind of given up on it, but I was cleaning out my Google Drive the other day, and I discovered some backups that I did not realize that I had, or I guess I forgot that I had. And uh, I was able to, to salvage this interview, it turned out really well, and it was a fantastic conversation with Ron Suskind. If you're not sure who Ron Suskind is, he is a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, he is an author, he is a movie producer, he is an autism dad. And we had a really, really moving conversation about his journey with his son, and I didn't realize until we were speaking that it very closely parallels to my journey with my oldest. So we're just going to kind of jump into that pre-recorded interview, and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you, Ron, for taking the time to come on the show. I really appreciate it, man. Uh, great to be here, Rob. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, howdy. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, go on uh, Google. You'll see a little planet of what I've been up to in public for the last 30 years. I I'm a journalist. I was at the Wall Street Journal as a national affairs chief in the 90s. Uh, Then I went off into bookland and writing for the New York Times and places like that. And I've written six books uh, about the wide issues of America. First book of Hope in the Unseen about issues of race and class. I followed a kid from an inner city to an Ivy League college. I'd won the Pulitzer Prize for that at the Journal. Then the book came out of that. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote four big books on presidents that people know. 
They were all, you know, one, two, or three in the Times bestseller list, created a lot of noise, drove global news cycles. And then I have a brilliant wife who said, honey, maybe something different this time. Um, because those big books on presidents, you finish them and you basically enter intensive care. And it was a book that we wanted to do. Uh, we thought, thought about it, talked about it, about uh, what was really guiding and shaping our life, which was happening uh, in our home. Our son, Owen, is uh, now 33. Uh, he's a late onset or regressive autism guy. Um, so he was chatting away at two, two and a half. And then just before his third birthday, he had a, a significant regression, lost all speech and, um, and all of the, the, the things that folks who, uh, have someone who's deeply involved, uh, know. And, uh, uh, of course our life really begins there. That's the life we're still living because everything changed. And, uh, I wrote a book called life animated about, it was really a family affair. Um, one of the great things about having someone on the spectrum like my son Owen is his memory is so good. It's a dream for a nonfiction writer. I mean, what is like 10 years ago on Thursday, it was you were wearing blue, mom was wearing the gray, and that's just heaven. And it, the whole family, his older brother Walter, my older son, we all got together. We wrote the book. Uh, my name's on the cover, but everyone got in. And then we made a movie called Life Animated, which lots of people probably have seen because it was nominated for an Academy Award, it's on the streaming services kind of in perpetuity. And the core of it is just about how we learned from and were able to find our way to connect with our son. So I, uh, I kind of got lost for a second there because your son Owen is like my son, Gavin. He, he developed typically until he was about three or four mm -hmm. and it feels like he went to bed one person and woke up somebody else massive regression yeah. and i've i've talked to people i've never i've never met anybody in person who's experienced that same that same thing and uh that got me kind of got me there for a minute how is how is your son doing now well he's uh he's fine you know his dream as he articulated uh at some point was to have an independent life mm -hmm. and he has uh what's called supported independent living he lives right. in a, in a Con, like a condo complex um so somewhere you might find in florida in a senior community it's got a, a center there's support uh of folks there um at life living independently forever it's a, an amazing program an amazing facility and it's really not a facility it's a community uh on cape cod and um he's got two jobs um he works at the movie theater he's a movie fanatic he memorizes movies and he turns dialogue and lyrics into speech that's how he learned to speak. Um, you know, the regression was steep, as it sounds like it was, Rob, yeah. for your son. And what we realized uh, after actually a while is that he was memorizing all the Disney movies. Now, he's 33, so that's an age of a kind of kaboom for Disney. Yeah. Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, <laughs> yeah. Lion King. There were some of the biggest movies of the year. Yeah. And he loved them all. And we realized at some point that we could communicate to him by speaking in Disney dialogue because that really was his language. And that's what happened. And we began to play characters each night, all four of us, uh, his older brother too. And we realized over time he was really selling the emotions as well. It wasn't just, you know, Baloo, you're my dad, you're, you're a great guy. He really was selling Mowgli's emotions. That was very encouraging because he was really learning, you know, 
human interactions and how to express himself through dialogue and lyrics. Eventually, he started to get pragmatic speech back, um, and um, and he has it now. Um, you know, I say to people, being in the spectrum, it's not a pathology or it's a way of being. Owen is quite verbal about this as well. He says, I am different, not less. Mm -hmm. uh, but he is different in ways that are often glorious as well as challenging in terms of how the world is arrayed yeah. and how he has to work to live, live in the world. And so, but yeah, and he works at Dick's Sporting Goods too, which is a great employer. He loves Dick's, great, great, great gang. So he works part-time in both places. And he lives in a little condominium and loves it. He's happy. He's happy. He's got a therapist who's fabulous, and she tells us that. She's like, your son is happy. Many people who come to see me, many Aren't of them happy. are not happy, and they're neurotypical. He's happy. He's living, um, he's living a, a rich and diverse and, and fulfilled life. Let me ask you this, because I've had, I've had this, I've only had a couple of like really unpleasant run-ins with um, dads of autistic kids. And, and it was one guy that was, uh, we were talking about success and our definition of success in regards to our autistic kids. Yeah. And, and he was like, you know, my, my son will never be successful because he's never going to have a six figure job. He's never going to have, you know, employees working for him. He's not going to be in a corner office or have his own apartment or whatever. And I thought, man, that's really, that's sad for that kid, you know, because like when I, when I raise my kids, I want them to be my ultimate goal for success for them is for them to be happy yeah. and healthy right. and to contribute whatever they have to the world. And I wondered what your view of that was. Well, I love the way you frame that, Rob. I mean, we, there's a moment, um, it seems like almost everything happened for me and Cornelia, all of our key discussions happened after visits to professionals. Mm -hmm doctors and therapists and um after leaving one who basically told the two of us owen was still pretty small he had very little speech uh they kind of said cut your hopes and losses he's not much is going to happen here you know don't expect much to change and and i'm so sorry and essentially saying that he will not have a meaningful life and we're in the car after that visit where he kind of told us you know straight this doctor, you know, I'm going to give these families some tough love here. We're in the car and Cornelia says to me, who decides what the meaningful life is? Where's that committee? I'd like to address them because who is the key question? It may not be you. It may be societal norms. It may be values you were taught. It may be just a, a way that you arrive at a place in which you make judgments. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, um, everyone gets the, choice and chance to find meaning in their lives in all sorts of ways. You know, we are with you on success. You know, a successful life, Owen is happy. Owen is doing something uh, with all that he is graced with, all of his, his abilities that show uh, those abilities and their, and their power. And he is, he is happy. He's very happy. And that's, and I think that is success. You know, I, I grew up in a place where success was defined a little bit like that person you mentioned. And uh, I've given that up, gave it up long ago. And in a way, I, I, we've often said, Owen was our best teacher. Whole family says that. His brother, 
Cornelia and I. I always say that my kids have taught me so much more than I think I could ever teach them. Yeah. And uh, it's such a, the journey has been, uh, well, I'm 20 to 22 years into the journey now, and it's been a lot of highs and lows. And if I look back even 10 years ago, I would, I would have had, I would have a hard time believing that my son would be where he is today because it was always, you know, doctors were always telling us, you know, he's never going to, he's never going to do this or he's never going to do that. And, uh, he's amazing, you know, and and he has that same mind, like a steel trap. Like he can tell you the date and the time of, of events that go back 10 or 15 years. And I'm like, man, I don't even know what I had for breakfast today. And, and he has it all memorized and it's all in there. He has a hard time sometimes recalling it, you know, so we have to find prompts and, and, uh, he spoke, his language for a long time was video game based. Like mm-hmm. he would uh, incorporate characters from video games yeah. and he would write his own novels. He was writing his own novels um, using characters fr- from video games. And, and he got to a point where he's writing stuff of his own uh, like original creations. And, and uh, it's, it's been a long, it's been a long journey. This episode of the autism dead podcast is brought to you by Victorware. Did you know that 85% of autistic people are either unemployed or underemployed? It's a staggering statistic that Tiffany Hamilton and her autistic son Isaiah are working very hard to address with Victorware. Victorware is an inspirational clothing line that inspires resilience and triumph over obstacles. Their stylish, super soft, colorful tees sport positive and affirming slogans. They want anyone wearing the VW Flame logo to see it as a badge of courage. Victor Wear is warrior wear for those who rise above their personal challenges. Because it's not about how hard you fall, it's about whether or how you get back up. That's what being a victor is all about. Tiffany and Isaiah's goal for Victor Wear is to become a leading employer and source of empowerment for autistic individuals. And 10% of each and every product sold supports Special Olympics Virginia. To learn more or order your own Victor Wear shirt or hoodie, visit victorware.com. That's V-I-C-T-O-R-W-E-A-R.com and use the promo code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 10% off your entire order. Uh, can, I, can I ask you a more personal question? Yeah. When, when Owen regressed, mm-hmm. what was that experience like for you? Because it, it felt to me almost like my son died a little bit because the person that I knew had completely changed. And we, we had to grieve and then get to know the person who was. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't remember the other person anymore. I just remember Gavin, right? Yeah. And I, I wondered what that experience was like for you because I've never, I've never met anybody who's been through that. Well, you know, it, it, I'll tell you, it's interesting. Just one thing, Rob, that we found and I found being out talking to zillions of people and specialists is, is that our regression for our sons uh, is particularly dramatic. Uh but overall, regression uh, and regressive autism is about a third of all of the, the folks who are on the spectrum, um, which is a big number. I, I was surprised it was that big, but mm-hmm. some leading specialists who see the whole country. So, you know, it's actually quite a big number. Um, when it's as dramatic as it was for yeah. our families, though, it is as though, I mean, and then we, and I'll say this is, this is 1993, 94. We know a great deal less then than we yeah, know now. And, but it, we used to say, it's like we were looking for clues to a kidnapping. Yeah. Where did he go? I mean, literally there he was chatting away. He looks the same. Yep. But the 
the uh, communication is different. Like our likes and dislikes changed. He didn't want hugged anymore. Like it was just a very dramatic. He couldn't, he wouldn't look at us anymore. I yeah. mean, he would not, I couldn't make eye contact with him after, after the regression. He would run and I'd shout his name. He wouldn't turn. I'd, ch- I'd have to chase him. Mm-hmm. He'd keep going. I mean, it was just, it was literally like, and his older brother's like, where did Owen go? You know, my playmate, he's not here. Now, we have come to understand he was there. He's always been there. Mm -hmm. You know, and the view we had of the before and after has really um, uh, faded, I think, over time where we we started to then to see some things once we looked hard and in a way got sort of our emotions out of the way. We started to see some signs earlier uh, that we didn't notice uh, and certain things that probably were, you know, uh, presaging what was ahead. Uh, But, you know, I think part of what's interesting is is how we do come to know our children in ways that are different had they lived and continued to live in the land of the neurotypical. Yeah. Um, and, and at the start, you know, we were just upside down. We were in hell at the beginning. We're like, oh my God. And of course, you know, all of our money started to go to therapists and, you know, I borrow money from my mom, you know, it was, it was, it was just like, I'm, I'm a journalist. I didn't go into one of the high yielding professions, you know, <laughs> I, I was with a, a doctor one point and he's like at the beginning and he's like, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a reporter. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, because, you know, you just paid me 150 bucks for today and you're going to need me three times a week. Not covered. I'm like, oh, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, covered. are you good with numbers? I said, you know, okay. You know, he's like investment banking. Think of that. You'll get it soon, what I'm talking about. Yeah. But it, it's, it's what we began to see uh, were the ways he was living uh, in the world and, and our uh, uh, challenge was to find ways to meet him in all the places he was. And when we found him there, like waving, hi, it's great, come on in, the water's fine. We're like, okay, this is okay. You know, and, and, you know, when we're doing, when we're playing Disney characters all night, every night, you know, I mean, we look like, you know, just like normal people, mm-hmm. but actually we're living a strange double life by day. You know, we're, while we walk among you at night, I'm blue, you know, um, 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 Merlin, um, Mufasa, you know, nice. oh, is, is, uh, Often uh, he became aficionado, an aficionado of the sidekicks. That was part of his thing. He started to believe, and it was his belief, that the sidekicks are, are really the key characters. They help the heroes fulfill their destiny. He says they're the most important role, and they're much more diverse than the heroes, who are kind of flat, actually, in many narratives. You know, um, you know a nice easy uh, uh uh wagon to jump aboard for the hero's journey the sidekicks are much more diverse they have the full array of human emotions um so that was sort of one of an insight that we're like you know he's right about that and you're going to get that with lots of spectrum folks what i often say to people is 
you know, for every deficit, the brain creates an equal and opposite strength. So the things that get measured by the yardsticks people use as deficits, um, say, okay, if that's the deficit, where would the strength be? The compensatory strength. Well, if I can't hear or read, I'm going to find other ways to take in information. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to memorize vast quantities of knowledge and have it on recall. So that's just a classic compensatory strength. Pattern recognition. Huge. Because we have these filters that grow up when we're about two, three years old that filters a lot out. So when we're sitting and talking, I'm just looking at you. I'm not looking at the person to your left and the right or the light up on the ceiling. Spectrum folks, those filters generally don't form, not in the same way. So they're seeing everything at once. As, As a leading specialist told me, He's a son of the spectrum. Like my son sees reality much more as it really is. But also they're able to see patterns that we miss because they're seeing everything at once. Now, that's another compensatory strength. And I think more and more we're learning how to recognize, nourish, encourage, and help the individual leverage those strengths to all sorts of things uh, that end up being productive outcomes. What would you... It's a big set of ideas. It is a really big set of ideas. And let me just say that almost always the strengths are shown through the affinities, their passions. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we can sit and get, okay, I've got to learn all this stuff that was boring as hell. And I'm going to hit the bell and I'm going to get my prize. I'm going to move to the fourth grade. Right. You know, uh, the Spectrum folks generally are not geared that way. They find passions and they go a thousand feet deep. Yeah. Almost all of their strengths are shown through the passion. So I always, that's why we, I built something called the Affinity Project. I built a company. We built technologies to help people share affinities with Spectrum folks in ways that really work for the, the folks on the Spectrum. Yeah. So. What would, you, what would you tell to parents who are going through like the initial part of your journey and like the initial part of my journey? What would you tell them when they feel like they don't know what the future is going to be like, or they're being told not to expect much or to just accept things for the way they are. Um, what, what, would you, what would you tell them? You know, I would tell them that, that there's no way to understate that there will be enormous challenges ahead. Um, there will be. But there will be joys equal to them. Um, there will be explorations. Your child will grow throughout their life in ways that are different than maybe a neurotypical brother or sister. Um, They'll make big leaps forward between 30 and 35, um, between 35 and 40, as well as between 15 and 20. Their lives will be much more ones of discovery. Uh, We often stop doing much discovery at some point as we arrive in adult life. Their lives will be full of continuing discoveries. I mean, Cornelia used to say, let's keep our eye on the joy. Because there's enormous amounts of joy that that you'll discover. Again, it won't be the one-size-fits-all stuff in the supermarket, okay? It's going to be joys that, in a way, the family discovers in unison together. Also, challenge them. This is something I see a lot. 
he can't do this. Give him a shot. Let him try. He'll fall and fail, but he's okay. He'll be okay. That's one of the big issues we had. You know, at some point in the movie Life Animated, I said he's going to have to fall and fail, and we were once afraid of that, but we're not anymore because it was the best stuff that ever happened to him when he tried and failed and and then got up again, dusted off, and moved forward. And everyone should have a privilege of failing. Um, it's the best thing for us as humans because we react to that and we learn from it. Also, the world is changing in good ways. If you now are a parent with a small child who's on the spectrum, you know, Elon Musk and Greta Thunberg are happily pronouncing, I'm on the spectrum. Uh, Bill Gates probably is too. I would say Bezos is as well. The three richest men in the world are in the, on the spectrum. Okay, and, and what the, a rock star of social justice and change, Greta Thunberg, is on the spectrum. People are understanding the complexities of what autism is, and they are thereby being more aware and accepting of what autism is and what it's not. And, and there, the notion of different, not less, it's really spreading. It's not just a PC term. It, people are getting it everywhere. It's making lives much different, and I think better for someone born now or born recently than when our kids, who were now in minor, Owen's 30, 30 years old now. So, you know, uh, just turned 31 in March. So that's, those are all things that I think I would say to parents who now have kids who are starting out their journey. Wow. Thank you. I, I really, I really appreciate it. It was an honor to talk to you. And uh, again, I've, I've never met in person someone who has experienced that same type of journey. And my son has, has risen out of that, that place too. And, and uh, you just got to keep, just got to keep going. I'll, I'll, I'll throw one out from Owen. Again, he interprets the world significantly through Disney animated movies. Mm -hmm. He's spread. He's watching a lot of live action these days, but still Disney or the core. Yeah. He'd say... Uh, to me and my wife Cornelia, he'd say, I helped you guys find your inner hero, right? And I'd say, you're absolutely right, buddy. And that's what our kids do for us. They help us be bigger. I think they help us see things that otherwise we would miss. And they help us in a way find our way forward as we help them find their way forward. So. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. I really appreciate your time. It's good to be with you. Before I close things out today, I just want to take a minute and say thank you to Ron for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, especially, you know, when we were at the conference, he was really busy. He was a keynote speaker and he took time to sit down and talk to me. So I really, really appreciate that, Ron. And thank you for sharing your story. I, I was so moved because it's not very often that I find that I'm able to connect with someone who understands what regression is like and how painful and scary it can be. And, and, uh, it's nice to, to recognize and sort of remember that you're not alone. So thank you, Ron. I really appreciate it. I'll have all of Ron's information in the show notes below, but you can find him at ronsuskind.com. And uh, again, the link will be in the show notes below. As always, you can find me at theautismdad.com. All of my information is at the top of the page. You can find uh, quick links to this podcast where you can interact with it and, and do all kinds of cool stuff and submit requests and 
feedback and have discussions and whatever. So uh, make sure you check that out. You can listen and subscribe on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps. Please just hit subscribe. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I mean, check out my sponsors. I really do appreciate their support. They help make the show possible. And as well as sort of fund all the efforts that I do overall for the autism community. So uh, they'll be in the show notes as well. Hope you guys have a fantastic week and I will talk to you on Friday. All right. See you later. Bye.